Hello, beloved, and welcome to this week's Bible study, where we continue to look at the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is so exciting to to be able to speak about Christ and and to look at Him. Uh, We've had load shedding and uh, a little bit of light, you know, so very interesting to try to maneuver everything around the the fact that then we have electricity, then we don't. Um, and when the electricity comes on, our neighbor starts making a noise because uh, he also wants his work done. So uh, please excuse me when there's uh, some cutting happening. That's my our neighbor busy making something out of steel. I don't know what he's busy making. But anyway, so what we're going to look at in this Bible study is what does the present ministry of Jesus Christ look like? We know that Jesus had a ministry on earth, a public ministry, for three years. And uh, he died on the cross, and he was buried, rose again from the grave. Then he appeared to more than 500 people, and he gave commands to his disciples, or instructions to his disciples, spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And then he was taken into heaven. He ascended into heaven, and a cloud removed him in front of their eyes, And he is interceding for us to return uh, to this earth. All right, so from that time that Jesus was taken up into heaven, when he ascended into heaven, what does his present ministry look like? Because he's still still busy, he's still active uh, in, in his creation, in his church. He's the head of the church. And as the head of the church, what does it look like? So that's what we are going to look at in this Bible study. Let's just bow our heads in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can come to you in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Uh, Thank you that we can come to him as our advocate, as our high priest, as our Savior, Lord, King, and above all that we can come to him as God. And Father, thank you so much that we can come to you this, this afternoon and ask you, to please uh, speak to us, enable us to understand your words so that you may be glorified in and through what we do and what we say about the Lord Jesus Christ. And this we pray in Jesus' precious, wonderful name. Amen. Now, beloved, many people know a lot about what Jesus did while he was on this earth, when he was busy with his public ministry the first time. And if you ask them questions about his work on this earth, Ah, they will be able to answer those questions that you have. But the work of Jesus did not finish when he went back to heaven, when he ascended into heaven. The Bible tells us very, very clearly that there are a number of things that Jesus Christ continued doing even now. Things that he's doing now. And there are many things which he will still do in the days to come. Now, In this study, in this Bible study, we're going to look at what Jesus Christ is doing now. So let's call it the present work of Jesus, the work that he's doing at this moment. All right. Now, it is said that the Bible clearly speaks about about five things which Jesus is now doing. And the first one is kind of an obvious one. He is building his church. Jesus is building his church. We read that in Matthew chapter 16, verse 8. Now, 
I will build my church, Jesus said, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So Jesus Christ is building his church. He started building it uh, on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came in and dwelled the believers, and he's still building his church even now. And we can see it in the churches that Jesus Christ builds. They are normally uh, strong churches. They are, uh, how can I say, spiritful churches. They are churches where Christ is glorified and lifted up. Now in Acts chapter 2 verse 47, it shows us that after the ascension of Jesus Christ, he basically carried on with his work, you know, the work of building his church. And he laid the foundations of what the church should look like. And obviously he used Paul for that in a major way, for Paul to write down the epistles and, and the books that he, he wrote um, th- those are all very, very important because it tells us what the church is supposed to be like. In Acts chapter 1, verse 1, Luke tells us that what Jesus did on earth was only the beginning and that what we read in the book of Acts, now that's where we, we read about the growth of the church, it was the continuation of the work of Jesus Christ. Absolutely fantastic. But he's still building his church. And, and what he does when he builds his church, he's also giving his church direction. We see it very clearly in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 24, and after verse 23 and 24. You see, just as the head of a person basically gives direction and gives rules over the body, well, not gives rules, but rules over the body, has control over the body. Uh, likewise, Jesus is even now directing his church. All right, so he's giving directions to the church. He is telling his people what they need to do and what they shouldn't do. And obviously, he does it through the word, but he also leads them and guides them through the Holy Spirit so that they can do what he wants them to do to be obedient to his instructions. All right, so obviously, we, we can see that Jesus is building his church. He gives his church direction, and he also feeds his uh, church. In Ephesians 5, verse 29 and 30, we read about it. You see, just like a human body needs food, likewise, the church also needs food. And Jesus is basically the one that gives the food to his church uh, with everything that they need to grow and to become mature in him. See, Jesus doesn't want a bunch of believers in the church that are little babies, you know, that, that needs to be taken and given the bottle and then put in a pram and pushed around so that they can just stop crying. No, what Jesus wants in the church, he wants the believers to grow up and to become mature believers in the faith so that they can start ministering to others. Obviously, we will always have babies in the faith and they will throw out their their dolls out of the cot, you know, and uh, they they will moan and groan about a, a lot of things. But that's what why there's older people. That's why Jesus Christ instituted the church in such a way that you have elders and you have mature believers that can take these younger believers and disciple them so that at the end of the day, they can become the kind of people that God wants them to be. All right. So it, it, this is this is just very important. He feeds his church. Uh, it's as if, you know, he's the bread of life. All right, so if you eat of Christ, you will have eternal life. And that's this is spiritually speaking. 
but he's also the one who allows the church to grow because he's the one who feeds them through his word, obviously. Uh, and in ministry, he feeds them. All right. But then Jesus is also cleansing his church, Ephesians 5, 25 and 27, to 27. You see, the plan of God is that the church would be clean. I mean, and even now, Jesus is cleaning the church. He's sanctifying his people. That's what Jesus is busy doing. Be holy, for I am holy, says the Lord. Uh, Jesus expects his people, his church, uh, you know, he's the shepherd, we are the sheep. He expects us to grow spiritually. He expects us to live holy lives that are pleasing to him. All right, so he's cleansing his church. That's what he's doing. This is all with regards to the church. Now, and then he's also giving spiritual gifts to the church. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 8, then also verses 11 to 13. Now, beloved, for the church to grow, what Jesus decided to do was he was going to give the church spiritual gifts, or let's call it spiritual abilities. And he gives it to every single born-again Christian so that they can do different things. They can edify the church. They can build up the church in their most holy faith, that they can minister to one another. Okay, so they receive those gifts so that they can use it within the church, and it is actually... Christ, who gives the gifts, they use it for the for the uh, to the glory of Christ and to the glory of God, and the church is edified. But it's actually Jesus doing it, Jesus doing the edification because He's the one who gave the gifts in the first place. Okay, it's actually amazing how Christ is still involved in the church, building His church now. All right, so how's He at work at present in this in this world now? I mean, in the church. Uh, he's building his church now. Right? So he's building his church. He's giving his church direction. He feeds his church. He cleanses his church. He's giving, he gives spiritual gifts to his church so that they can edify one another. All right. But then Jesus is not only building his church, he's also praying for believers. You see, even while Jesus was on this earth, he prayed for those who believed in him. You remember the high priestly prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17, verse 6 to 26? <gasps> Such a beautiful, beautiful prayer. Uh, do yourself a favor and, and just take it and read it, but read it slowly and, and read with, how can I say, with, with concentration. What an amazing uh, prayer Jesus prayed for his disciples and for us that would come to faith through the ministry of the disciples and their disciples and their disciples and their disciples, you know, that kind of thing. All right, so Jesus is actually praying. He's interceding in prayer for believers. The, the Bible teaches us that his work has continued. Now his, his work of praying for believers has continued. Romans 8, 34, uh, Hebrews 7, 25. But then Jesus also restores believers into fellowship with God. You remember in John, 1 John, in the letter of John, the first letter of John, in chapter 2, verse, on, verse 1, we see that Jesus is called an advocate, which basically means that he is a person who speaks on behalf of someone else. You, you know what our advocates do. The advocate is comes before the judge and they know all the rules of the court and they know all the laws 
And then what they do is they come and they stand kind of in the place of the, the accused before the judge. And they actually intercede for the accused before the judge. Uh, in America, they've got another system where they use juries, people that they, they choose that comes and sits and listens. And then the jury has to decide whether the person is guilty or not. But in South Africa, we have judges. All right. So Jesus is called an advocate, and so he's like an advocate that, how can I say, that speaks on behalf of sinners, because he is the one who takes them and cleanses them and washes them and then presents them to the Father. And what this teaches us, basically, is when we sin and we then confess that we have sinned, then Jesus speaks on our behalf to the Father. And what he does is he restores the relationship which has been damaged by our sin. All right, so he intercedes for us. He basically comes before us, uh, before the Father, on our behalf. Absolutely beautiful to think about it. But that's not all. At present, Jesus is also preparing a place for us in heaven. And I'm talking about for us, and, and there I'm talking about believers, now. Those who believe on the Lord Jesus Christ unto salvation, that believe in Him, uh, and they uh, have faith and they've repented of their sin. Now, John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, basically gives us a picture, which was uh, quite common in Jesus' days. He speaks about a father in biblical times that would build a big, big house, big enough for all his children. And, and what Jesus basically said was, and he spoke to his disciples, says that he was going to go and prepare a place for all of us, for all who believe, um, and you know those who follow him, and then he will come back and to come and fetch us, to take us to, to each of us, receive our room in the mansion in heaven. Oh, absolutely amazing. Because Jesus is preparing a place for us in heaven. And he's the only one that's worthy to do it. He's the only one that can. All right, but then there's another thing that Jesus is doing while now in this time, and that is that he's producing fruit in our lives and the lives of believers. The best passage of Scripture that we can find, I believe, in Scripture about this is uh, John chapter 15. Let me start from verse 1. John chapter 15 from verse 1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the wine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So, uh, he's speaking about believers here. If, if there's a believer that doesn't have any fruit, the Father takes that branch away. He cuts it off. Because what the Father wants is he wants uh, branches that bears fruit. Alright, so when the Father then takes the, the branches that has fruit on it, for those branches to have more fruit, what he does is he prunes them so that they can actually give more uh, fruit. Okay, uh, Verse 3 says, You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. Then he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. 
This is huge. This is major. Without Christ, we can do nothing. Christ is the one who enables us to bear fruit to the glory of God the Father. So this is an ongoing work of Jesus Christ right now is to enable us as his people, as his children, to bear fruit that brings glory to God the Father. All right. Uh, how do we do that? We have to abide in him. We have to stay in him. Because if we are not in Christ, we cannot bear fruit. We can only bear fruit because we are in Christ. Now, Jesus continues to say in verse 6, he says, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. This is a mouthful, no? but wow, it's, it's so clear. You see, it's only because Jesus is at work in the lives of believers that they are able to produce fruit. It's the work of Jesus Christ. He works in us. Yeah. And that's the beautiful thing. It's he who works in us to will and to do according to his purpose. You see, and none of these things can actually happen if Jesus is not at work today. If he wasn't busy doing these things in and through us, nothing would happen in the church. Nothing would happen in our personal lives. Nothing would happen about our sanctification. It's because Christ is at work in us that he enables us to bear fruit, to be the kind of people that he wants us to be, or the Father wants us to be, he wants us to be. This is remarkable. This is just absolutely amazing to read about. Right, beloved, that's that's the, um, the work that Jesus is doing right now. After his public ministry, after his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, and his ascension into heaven, we are waiting for his return. And while we're waiting for his return, this is what Jesus is doing, uh, what we've just discussed. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can know that Jesus is still alive, uh, while well, he is alive, and that he is busy in the church, that he is busy in our personal lives, that he is the one who makes it possible for us to live in accordance to your purpose and your plan. I want to pray, Father, please, in Jesus' name, that you, as the living Almighty God, will, will help us to see these things, to, 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 to embrace it and to make it our own and work with Christ as he builds his church and as he works all these other things in us so that, Father, you may be glorified in and through our lives. This we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. Uh, it is my prayer that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that his face may shine upon you, and that he will give you his peace, now and forevermore. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.